It's a sandwich place. It's a chain. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't live in your crazy Pacific Northwest world. California has its own crazy rules. It does have crazy chain rules. Yeah. I mean, you take a derivative, but then you're multiplying by another variable that's the same variable, so you have to deal with that. And is there a divide step? I feel like there is. No, that's the. uh, No. Not the. That's the opposite of the product rule. Is that the product rule? Wait, the chain rule is the one where it's like. It's when one thing is inside. You have to do the product rule and the division rule. You have to do all of those and chain them all together. I don't think there is a division rule. There is. It's the, it's the, 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 the first I think it's the top, 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 bottom. Maybe. Oh boy, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs, and I know the secret to flying, but I won't tell you. And with me, as ever, through the internet, she has a pet lion, and he's very nice. It's Catherine Cogart. Down, Sparky, down, down. Hey, Tim, it's great to be here. I just took the lion out for a walk. <laughs> Sparky is a great name for a lion. Isn't it? I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> we'll have to go out and get one. Anyway, it's great to have you here. I forgot last episode that our theme that you just heard, dear listener, is How Do You Know by Blamos, and you should check them out. As regular listeners of the show know, beyond that, they also know that we like to have a lot of different series and sort of nap and dream of various series. And <laughs> that's pretty bad. At any rate, we have a lot of different miniseries and we uh, check them out. And this week, we are talking about one of our favorites, Toy Inventors. <laughs> Each seven in a kind of zen poor. I don't have a dollar, but a cent sure. I'm saving up for the fun that's in store. It's all thanks to toy inventors. Hey, Catherine. Hey. What are we talking about? We're talking about uh, the toy company Whammo and how they got their start. Whammo. 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 Cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Let's uh. Why, why, why don't you give me the give me the gist? What's the what's the word on the street about Whammo? All right, so I mean, I I started with this because I wanted to do the hula hoop, right? Because this is the toy inventor series, so we usually pick like a toy and then find out about the inventor. Right. Um, little did I know when I picked hula hoop that it would open this giant cam of worms about the company that came out with the hula hoop Whammo, and. Um, here we are doing a podcast on every single toy they've ever made. <laughs> Which, if you look at the list, it's kind of like all toys. I mean, <laughs> like anything that I would sort of generically call a toy, I it turns out to be a Whammo product. It's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> so these 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 fellas are extremely successful. Their names are Arthur Spud Mellon and Richard Nur. It's actually uh, it's actually pronounced Melin. Oh, Milan. Okay. Yes, I learned this because both of them were on What's My Line. Which wait, which show? What's, What's My, My Line? Line. That's one of those game shows. Yeah, it's yeah. like the 1950s, 1960s game show. Oh, those were the days. Okay, so Arthur Spud Milan and Richard Nur, they were best friends since they were kids, and they even went to college together at USC. Southern California, huh? Southern California. 
And so in 1948, uh, Spud and Dick, who have the best names. <laughs> Two-man comedy show. <sighs> it's Spud and Dick. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> they, they, I guess they graduated USC and they didn't have any jobs and they were pretty disappointed with uh, 1940s corporate America in general. They were just kind of going like, ugh, I don't know. There's, nothing's working out here. This is supposed to be boom times and we're not getting nothing. 48. Yeah, I mean, this is post-war. This is a, a great time for, for the is, country. Yeah, this is suburbia mania. Yeah, especially down there in, in USC uh, land. Sure. That's what they call it, right? That is what they call it, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it wasn't until 1964 that USC land was renamed Los Angeles. <laughs> Fake history, right here. You can't get it anywhere else. <laughs> On oh, even that's not true. More lies. <laughs> <laughs> More lies um, when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. A little too early for a break. We should keep going. <laughs> but so so these guys, they, they they graduate college. They don't have a job, which is... Uh, I still find that a little perplexing. Maybe they majored in something really dumb. They did underwater basket weaving or something. Maybe. They probably could have gotten a job. But they would just kind of, maybe they didn't want to. Maybe they majored in toys and that's their problem. Mm, this is like that <laughs> enigmatology thing all over again. So anyway, but I like their spirit here because they just decide to, they're like, well, let's do it ourselves. Let's have our own company. Yeah. And they started right out of Dick's Garage. And the classic. first, right? Just, this is like a classic origin story. Their first product is the Slingshot, which they actually got the idea from falcon trainers who use the slingshot to deliver meat to their falcons. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole world I was unaware of. <laughs> well, okay, so firstly, I was surprised to find out that slingshots were not around as a toy until the 50s. Right. Because uh, I guess I'm getting a lot of my, my medieval history from playing Legend of Zelda games, which probably isn't really accurate. Not but he's got accurate. a slingshot there. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I mean, slingshots are obviously centuries old. Like, I think we yeah. can all agree that having a stick and some sort of, like, string between it to shoot stuff. Pretty elastic old, string, right? Well, elastic wasn't invented in Zelda times. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of weird things in Zelda times. <laughs> there's a talking uh, owl. There's ocarinas a... that can make you time travel. There's a wand that conducts the wind. <laughs> Magical times, Zelda times. Yeah. Anyhow. So, to continue our show on Zelda times. <laughs> so, I'm, what my point is that slingshots are very old. So, a lot of what you'll find is their pro of their a lot of what you'll find of their products is that they actually just take an idea and make it marketable. Hmm. Well, okay. So, so these guys, I just trying to figure out how this happened. They they go. Ah, I don't want to get a job. Let's try to come up with something, Dick. And great idea, Spud. And let's hang out in my garage. And so they're sitting there. And what are they doing? Like, how are they brainstorming? Maybe this is my my lack of knowledge in how biz dev works. But like, I don't get how they get to the point where they're like, you know, I've been reading a lot about falconry lately, and I think that could be a fun toy. <laughs> I think that's how toys happen. You just sort of stumble upon them. Or that's how good ideas happen. Is hmm. Sometimes they happen to you rather than you happening to them. Oh, pretty good fortune cookie. Thank you. But I like this. When they were trying to come up with 
how they should name their company. This, I mean, come on, this has to be apocryphal. The what, when they would shoot a projectile with the slingshot and they would hit something or anything, it would go whammo, and so they decided to name their company whammo after this. Which that doesn't make that sound. What? What? What are they <laughs> shooting? That makes that sound. <laughs> well, they could be shooting meat at a falcon's face. That would make us sound. Okay, what about a rock in a squirrel's head? Uh, pow. I would give you pow. Okay, what about a bunny at a gong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, gong. <laughs> More sound effects, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about um, a lampshade at a window? I'm just naming things in front of me now, I hope that's okay. <laughs> All right, then you don't then you don't get to play this game then. No, I It's don't. a game of wit and whimsy, not what is sitting in front of me. Okay. A jar in pe- of peanut butter at Tim's face. Ow. <laughs> That's the sound that makes. So, we see this all the time, right? These guys are basically you know, a lot, of, a lot of the people we've talked about so far are real, like, engineers or deep thinkers, and they basically come up with one cool idea, and it works on some interesting principle or, or whatever. And it seems like what they do uh, as a trend is they, they just find other things, and they're really, really good at convincing people to buy it and making it into a fad. Yeah. For example, I mean, their most successful product is the hula hoop, right? So, and the hula hoop is thousands and thousands of years old. What? Yeah. Hmm. There's hula hoops in ancient Greece. Is there proof of this? There's a guy with a hula hoop on a vase. Is he hula hooping? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Athens Beach Party. (laughs) Alright, fair enough. So the hula hoop is pretty old. And I guess basically they... Again, they were like, they were studying Grecian vases? No, not at all. They were actually at a sporting goods, like, a convention. Huh. And they just sort of meet by chance an Australian sort of sporting goods guy. And Australia right now is going through a fitness phase. And one of their big fitness crazes over in Australia is the hoop. It's not the hula hoop, then. Oh. They, it's actually Whammo that names it the hula hoop after hula dancing, because that's kind of what you're doing. So I, li- I like this note is that no one at Whammo could actually figure out how to use the hula hoop for like four days right. because it's super hard. Right. <laughs> I just, this is why I'm not in business development again is because I just don't see like, so they're at this, this toy show and they just kind of, they go like, oh, this thing's popular in Australia. And even though they can't figure out how to use it for four days, they just decide to take the gamble anyway. They're like, ah, I don't get this, but someone will. Well, I mean, how about the fact that they were willing to dedicate four days of their lives because it was fun enough to try and mm. figure it out. But they thought, eh, this might have some legs. Yeah, all right, good point, good point. And it does give us the image of uh, 1950s executives in suits trying to hula hoop. Which is great. Oh, it's the best. What else did they invent? Well, they didn't invent anything. I guess that's the key. But what else did they popularize? They popularized what used to be called the Pluto Platter in 1957. Mm-hmm. We all have played with the old Pluto Platter. Well, let's go out in the yard and toss the old Pluto Platter around. That's how <laughs> me and my dad bonded. <laughs> it's actually a Frisbee. 
but it got the name Pluto Platter because the 50s is a big UFO craze, right? We have Roswell. Mm -hmm. There's a huge influx of science fiction movies because of paranoia surrounding the Cold War. Do you know when they renamed it? Oh, yeah. Um, they actually named it, renamed it in 1957. Mm-hmm. So the Pluto Platter was going on before then. That's interesting. So the Pluto Platter wasn't a Whammo product. Then they no. bought the rights in 57 and renamed the Frisbee? Yeah. So, what? quick, this is a marketing case study. But what, that's interesting to me because it seems like... So 1957 is when Sputnik went up. It seems like everything's super space-oriented now. And since these guys, they're the experts at starting fads, you would think that they would name it something spacey or keep the space name. And instead, they went something totally not space-related. Right. And that's, I think that's just part of their crazy touch with, like, creating fads. What do you mean? Like, they just, they just have the feel? They know that, like, ah, this space thing is going to seem outdated in a little bit. They have the touch. Hmm. <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> this is not a very good marketing case study, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not a marketing person. I'm not really... I don't know what elements are successful and what elements are not successful. Listeners, uh, hmm. if you have any ideas about what makes Whammo so good at finding the next big toy or so good in the 50s and 60s, please email us because we're clearly at a loss. Doomedfailpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, and we will be right back and bring it back right on track on the Doomed to Fail podcast. In a moment. back on the doom to fail podcast it's Catherine and tim talking about whammo whammo mm, i don't know if you're excited enough whammo it's an eye roll should i just go home whammo well whammo <laughs> <laughs> i like that i think i might use that to be like well good for you <laughs> ah that's delightful all right so Something, uh, we, we do have something engineering tinged this time around, right? We do, actually. Good for us. Yes. Getting back on the mission statement of the podcast. Here we go. In 1964, Norman Stingley, a chemical engineer, accidentally made this high elastic material by just compressing a synthetic rubbery material. He called it Zectron, but it's actually polybutadiene that's vulcanized, which means it's heated up. You add some sulfur to it, and then you heat it up a lot. Yeah, uh, vulcanization is a thing they do for tires as well, car tires, right? Yes. And basically, if I remember right, it more or less firms it up. Yeah, it makes it much more durable. Yeah. Yeah, and what I really like is that it's called Zectron. Isn't is, that great? This, this is one of the funnest parts about science is somehow we got in sort of this self self-feeding cycle where... Scientists are, I mean, I mean, literally, things are named by just dudes who happen to come up with stuff. Like, you know, sometimes there's huge committees, but for the most part, it's just like, oh, yeah, I guess I should call it a thing. And a lot of times you just need to call it something while you're working 
and you just come up with something and it doesn't really matter and then it sticks and so everyone i mean at least in my experience people want to name it something that sounds sciencey and important and so they kind of reach back towards like zectron and alexa and i, I don't know lots of z's and x's and <laughs> tron sounds trons. oh the trons oh the yeah. trons <laughs> but yeah so i just that's just something i really like is that uh this guy was just like, ah, Zectron. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. I mean, I think it was actually more of a marketing thing, right? Because it's essentially polybutadiene, which at that point mm-hmm. had been a well-established rubber. Sure. That's a fairly simple polymer. And he just does one simple process to it. Um, and he's like, well, I can't really call it polybutadiene. <laughs> That's kind of boring. Um, I will call say. it something amazing, like Zectron. <laughs> All right, pretty good. So this guy, Nor- Norman Stingley, which sounds like a fictional character. Can we just talk <laughs> about that for a second? <laughs> Normal Stingley was on his way to work. He worked as a scientist. Normal Stingley enjoyed working in the lab. Norman Stingley talked to his boss, and they both agreed a business deal was a good thing. They shook hands, and then he went home to his wife and 2.5 children. Except, in this situation, his boss didn't think it was a good idea. Right, because it turns out that Zectron, not not durable enough. Basically, it's not a good material for, say, making car tires out of, or whatever. Sure. We're not going to be able to sell it to the military-industrial complex, anything no. like that. No, sorry, Bob. Mm-mm. Instead, we sell it to some dudes who invent toy fads. Have we said what this thing is yet? I don't remember. Oh, this is the Super Bowl. Did we not say that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh. But okay. it's a good reveal if we didn't. The Super Bowl! There you go. There. It's in there in case I need okay. it. Okay. So they basically improved its durability, and it was already crazy bouncy because it's a rubber ball, and they <laughs> sent it to market. Right. And the cool thing about it is that it retains 90% of its bounce. So, yeah, uh, the, the Super Bowl was obviously super successful. I, I, if I had a Super Bowl, I would still be playing with it. I would bounce it all over the place. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Fun facts about the way the Super Bowl works. You know how it's the surface of a Super Bowl is high friction, so you can't, like, move your hand along the side very easily. Your hand will always keep catching. Yeah. That's what gives it that weird spin when you bounce it, like, and makes it go in, an, uh, in a weird and unexpected direction. Oh, because it has, like, zero slip whatsoever, so any little off angle that it catches on, it'll bounce yeah. uh, 90 degrees from? Exactly. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So what else has Whammo come up with? Those are all the big ones. What, what do we got? The slip and slide. <laughs> Which is exciting. <laughs> the hacky sack? Really? Yeah, in 1983, actually. Wow. Huh. Something's wrong with that. Because I guess wrong with that. Well, I think of the hacky sack. I mean, it's such a like at this point, it's such a thing people just associate with, you know, hippies and good for nothings and whatever skater yes. dudes, I guess. Um, right. Sure. Yeah. But but you also think of the heyday of hippies as you know, 20 years before 1983. Do you think this is another deal like this is I mean cuz come on it's it's a little sack with some beans in it like this is probably a thing <laughs> people were doing anyway right Oh absolutely 
I think all of these were things people were doing beforehand. I guess the thing with a lot of these, I still think of as being extremely branded. For instance, silly string is another thing they came up with. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like I still call it silly string. Like I don't think of that as being like a normal object in the world. Like you have to go buy it from a toy store. Yeah. But a hacky sack is kind of just like, I don't see how they had any real effect on it. You know what I mean? Because it's like just literally a small object. And I don't think I've ever seen anywhere like a hacky sack being sold. I think I, like people always just seem to have them. Well, I think we all forget the effect of the internet here. Hmm. So in the 80s, let's say, let's say one state, Wyoming. I don't know. I'm just picking a state. Is really into hacky sack. Yeah, hack central. So maybe Whammo sees that and then they make the hacky sack available to everywhere. Oh, and like I see. publicize it everywhere. The publicists. Publicists. I see. Well, yeah, I guess that's that's true. They're, when there's no social uh, social media, you have to have Whammo. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good tagline for them. When there's no social media, there's Whammo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but now there is social media. Hmm. Uh, no more Whammo. I do think of all the toys that they have as being sort of old school toys. Right. But yeah. also like, you know, the pool noodle. That's another one. Sure. I mean, that's still fun. Uh, people still have them. I don't know that I'd buy Whammo brand pool noodles, though. You probably do without thinking about it. Mm. I know you buy a lot of pool noodles, <laughs> Yep. For for all the pools I own. Oh, and then also one particularly good Whammo invention that did not catch on because they're not all winners maybe this is what their success was they just threw a ton of spaghetti at the wall and just you know because (laughs) 10 of them stuck we were like oh look at these geniuses but but they came up with thousands maybe but anyway one of the non-successful ones that i I really liked was called instant fish (laughs) which just sounds like the name of a failed product (laughs) i could yeah i could just see us brainstorming failed whammo products and instant fish (laughs) would be somewhere in the middle there just Oh, yeah, and, uh, instant fish and uh, macaroni sauce. and uh, That would be like an, an orange paste that you could put on things. <laughs> instant fish was actually essentially like sea monkeys, but specifically with fish. Like what? Like you had freeze-dried fish? How does, how does sea monkeys work, I guess, is the question one. It's my impression that sea monkeys don't really work. <laughs> we should ponder that, and we'll be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast. <laughs> Hey, we're back. It's the Doom to Fail podcast still. And that about does it for talking about Whammo, right? It does, yes. Whammo! Whammo! Well, Whammo, Catherine! (laughs) Oh, Tim, you always know what to say. (laughs) Absolutely. So, I hope you enjoyed the show, and please come back to us next week when we'll be talking about... We're talking about Miami. U.S. cities. It's uh, It's got to be interesting. Uh, it's it's a real party down there, but there's got to be something else going on. Multicultural, etc. Etc. Come on. Don't write it off. It's pretty cool. I'm not writing it off. I'm really excited. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of see that pen in your hand. You're ready to... You're just ready to start writing off. I'm writing all the things I'm going to do next week that aren't doing notes. Okay. Great. So... Please join us next week for that. And in the meantime, have an awesome week. 
go do some super fun stuff. Like what? Give them, give them one maybe thing they could do. Use a slip and slide. Yes. Play Frisbee. Gosh, Frisbee is so much fun. Get the hack sack out. Yeah, get, get, get the old, have a whole Pluto platter with your dad. <laughs> okay. So. All right. Until then, which is next time. That's Catherine Cogart over there. And Tim Dobbs over here. Bye. 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 She sees what she wants to see. This episode of the Doom to Fail podcast featured music by Cleaners from Venus. If you'd like to review the Doom to Fail podcast, why not visit us on iTunes, where you can do just that. See you soon!